Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. We're in our Hope Summit, night number two. Please go back, refresh yourself, what we've been talking about, about the power and the potential of hope. I want you to see something here. I would love for you to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to take the first three scriptures. We can read it in the King James, and then we're going to pick up where we left off. Because how many know in Romans chapter 7, we found the powerful truth in the Amplified Bible that shows us that the overcoming ability of the soul is the most powerful force that I believe me and you can release to work with our faith. So important. We have to understand, tonight is going to be so powerful. I want you to share this right now. I want you to sit. I want your undivided attention if you're watching this. Don't get distracted with life. Separate yourself for a moment and receive from heaven what God wants me and you to understand about this season of life. Because I believe that God's greater understanding in his word is going to catapult and skyrocket your life to a level you've never seen before because God, God wants this time. I really believe God wants to release in this season of time this word for your life and for the church. Amen. We're going to put the whole summit in a package and we'll get it to you too if you need it like that. I want you to look at this, Hebrews 11.1. 1. I was going to look at a different translation, but I want to read it here first. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, now faith, and I want you to go slow. Now, we've been saying this for a decade. Now faith. If it's not now, it's not faith. Hope is in the future. I understand that. But hope is first. Hope is first. Remember last, last night, you got to go back. You got to have step one before you get to step two. Remember we said hope is found in the word. Hope is found in the word. And now you got to understand that that word of hope could change your life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now you got to get that right there. So faith can basically materialize the things of hope and faith in hope. Now write this down. I've never said this to you before. Faith in hope produces evidence. Write that down. Write that down. Faith in hope from the word produces evidence. Okay, now watch this. Faith in hope produces evidence of the not seen. How do I produce the not seen? I put my faith in hope of the word of God. It produces evidence for me to hang on to the not seen. See it? But it's not seen, and it isn't going to be seen. My God, you better get that. It's never going to be seen until you take your faith and put it in hope and produce evidence of things that are not seen. It it basically takes the word of God and fills the evidence within it to produce things that are not seen. Now you got it. Now you got to see that. Now watch this. I'm going to say this. Faith is on the God side, hope is on your side. 
Come on. Come on. It is. Because watch the process. Faith comes by hearing. Let me tell you, if you don't have hope, what you hear goes out the window. Faith cannot materialize what you cannot hope for. See it? You got, you got to understand something here. Hope. Comes, remember we use these scriptures? We're going to have to go back a little bit. I, I knew it. And it's okay. Listen, guys. Listen, man. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. You know, this is what we got to learn. And I'm all right with it because I told you this, man. Let me tell you something right here. We're finding that, we're finding that, we're finding that harmony in the arena where we have to. And that's so, so, so important. Remember we said it? Now, I'm going to show you something, right? I, I, got, I, got this, um, I got these scriptures in here, and um, you, know, you, 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 find that, you find that hope, you find that hope in that word. You know what I mean? I hope in thy word. Remember we had that in Psalm 119? We said we hope in the, hope's found in the word. I think the best one was the Colossians 1.5. So just go to the Colossians 1.5. We'll read it in the King James. Then we'll break it down in different translations. So you got, look, I ain't trying to be cute. I'm done trying to be cute. I ain't, oh, are you, nah, nah, nah. We got time. We got, we got, we got, we got the, we got the stuff. We got the internet. We, we got everything we need here. You know what I'm saying? Like I could give you different scriptures. This is not about being polished. This is not about performing. This is about perfecting this thing so you get it to yourself, so you understand it. So we're going to go slow, okay? Now look at this, and then we can do, um, um, we can go to the Passion Translation with one in five, probably Amplified one in five. We'll play around with it, and we'll get a clearer understanding of it because sometimes the King James just reads a little vague sometimes, and I don't say that dis discrediting or being weird, you know what I mean? But I'd rather, rather overexpound this to you so you get it. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Okay, so now there's a heavenly hope that's been laid up, but he gave it to us in word form through the gospel. Wherefore, you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, the word of hope. Wherefore, you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, okay, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. What do you mean? So hope is in the word. Now, watch this when you, let's just pull it up in the passion, okay, and you'll, it'll make sense. We'll see it there. Then we'll play around with it a little bit, but you get this understanding, that this is important for you and me to get this. So that one five makes a lot of sense. Remember we said this, uh, um, you know, hope, hope comes in the soul. Hope is of the soul. We're going to look back at Romans 7.20. Hope is in the soul. Okay, yeah, great. Hope is in the soul. But hope, hope is connected to the word. I'm going to show you this too. Because you find that in James 1. Okay, you find that in James 1. We'll go to James 1 right after this. So we can get ready. Prep up James 1. 21 will go in there. It makes, it makes clarity. It brings clarity. The word of God rightly divides itself. We don't have to try to make stuff up. We just tell you what the Bible says. You know what I mean? So I was like, well, yeah. I, went, I remember one time we went somewhere, and this dude preached the paint off the wall. And it was good. You know, it was very, very good. It was very great. And I said, what did he say in the car ride home? And nobody could really, you know, they, just, they just got excited. And I was like, I like getting excited. I like, I like it. But I was like, what did, he, what did he say you're going to apply to your life? I always take the young guys, you know, the young guys that kind of are with me, you know what I mean, or somebody's with me. I wanna, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to critique you on the car ride home because I want to know what you got out of this thing you could apply to your life. 
Because watching me doing it ain't doing nothing for you. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, everybody's like, I'm excited, but you don't even know why we're excited. That's what I'm saying now. We got to get the word. I know this ain't popular now, and everybody wants to do all this. I don't really care what's popular. I'm not running a fashion show here. Like, this is popular. Don't get me going, because I'm in a good anointing. I don't need to get that. I don't want to get ornery. Your faith and love arise within you as you access all the treasure of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. That's our hope. For the revelation, but he explains it here. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day when you first heard this glorious hope. Now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. So he's saying that hope, that hope is in that word. You got that? That hope is in the word. And then you remember we read it, we read it in a whole bunch of different places. We read it in, um, um, you know, um, Look at this. Look, let me give you, let me give you, let me give you a, a curveball because you got the amp. You want to see it in the amp? Let's go to the amp. I'm good with it. I'm the one who's talking about it. And then this is where I want you to go after that, though. I want to go right after that. I want them to see this one. I want you to take them to, uh, I got this right here. Let me pop this back up. I had these notes. I got notes everywhere. I got like hundreds. I got screens all open over here. So just go with me. I want to go to Psalm 130, verse 5 in the Passion right after this. Psalm 130, verse 5. 130 verse 5 and the passion right after this. Now let's go see what it says in the Amplified. I like the classic version. It reads a little easier for me. I'm used to it. Because of this hope, you add it up there, and then we'll go to the next one. Because of the hope of the experience, what is laid up, reserved and waiting for you in heaven, of this hope you heard in past, in the past, in the message of the truth of the gospel which has come to you indeed in the whole world. That gospel is bearing fruit. You see it? You see it? He's like, you heard it. Because of the hope of the experiencing, of experiencing what is laid up, reserved and waiting for you in heaven, of this hope you heard in past men, it was the gospel. So the hope of heaven is found in the word of God. Now, the gospel is the whole Bible. We understand we have the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But how many of you know, great. You don't think by his stripes in First Peter brings you hope if you're sick? You better believe it. You know what I'm saying? So this gospel message is not just, oh, get saved. It's everything that came with the saved, the soteria, the healing, the deliverance, the provision, the blessing, the power, the anointing, the ability of God. Amen? Now, can you, did you get that? You got hopes in the word, right? So we got, so how does this work, Pastor Chris? All right, everybody, take away, everybody say, Take away, write it in the comments. Take away, take away, take away. You better share this, man. Take away, take away, take away. You got a jacked up marriage, okay? And you like, this marriage is jacked up. And you go, we probably ain't going to make it. Okay. What are we going to do? You fighting and yelling and screaming. And there's a, now all of a sudden the Bible comes and says, husbands, love your wife like Jesus loved the church. And that lady's thinking, if he could just love me like Jesus loved the church, we could change this thing. Wife, submit yourself for your husband. He's like, if she could just get on the same page with me, we can make this happen. There is no hope until the word of God shows up. But here's the key. What happens when, now watch this, I'm going to show you. Same thing with money, right? You're broke. I'm going to, come on, man. I ain't got, the, I, ain't, I don't have no money. He's like, Jesus talking all this money stuff. Like, oh, you got all your needs met according to, kid fool me if all my needs were met. 
You know, gotcha, see it. You got a doctor's report, you're going to die. By any stripes, you're healed. You got to choose now. But where did hope come from? Hope came from the word. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He, remember, remember Galatians? He gave us his faith, right? So the faith of God is what got you saved. By, by, come on. The grace of God gave you access. You got it with faith. Faith, that's all you needed. Abraham gave you his faith. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith. All you did was accept, and you got the faith of God to get saved. That faith is what's keeping you alive right now. You understand this? So faith is ready to go. Faith is working. Now, faith needs something. Now, faith is just a belief. Remember I told you that? I've been telling you that for years. Your belief system, you believe something. Right now, you believe something. You either believe God is God or not. You know, lost people, they just believe the wrong thing. That's all. That's it. Everybody's believing something. So check this out. So your beliefs are ready to activate. So now you're looking at that messed up marriage, and you go, what's the word of God say? You could, you could fix this thing. Now, now watch. Now, what well, the word of God didn't work. That's because somebody didn't work it. I'm telling you, man. Somebody said, I'm not doing my part. Peace out. Bye. If they, if they wouldn't have been prideful and they would have took the word of God, God can fix anything. God can heal anything, anybody, any situation, any circumstance. He can give restoration to stuff. Now, you got free will, and people are going to do what they want to do. So I don't want to hear none of this. God's going to just be sovereignly moving. Nah, I'll bump that. God's going to talk to people, but if people reject, that's the end of it. He ain't walking through no wall and scaring them. And come on, we've all been there. You know what I'm saying. You keep your faith right. So here's, I don't want to get off the point, but you understand what I'm saying. Somebody, well, it didn't work. It didn't work because somebody didn't want to work it. It works all the time, every time the same. Otherwise, the earth would come off its rotational axis. If God lied then this whole thing, the earth would teeter-totter and explode. So, come on, man. Stop this. God, di God didn't do it. That's baloney. That's, that's ridiculous. Just cut it out. It's hurting your faith, okay? It's hurting your system of beliefs. So we're beyond that now. Somebody needed to hear that, though. Okay, so now my faith's turned on. See, we've been talking about that switch of faith for a decade. I got news for you. That switch of faith's always been turned on but the thing is, that switch of faith has to be appropriated in the right place. Let me show you something here. The switch of faith is turned on the minute you get born again. Now you must appropriate that faith switch in an area, in a direction. It's like this. The switch of faith is turned on right here in the sanctuary, and it's got the power to turn on in the kids' room. But if we ain't in the kids' room, we don't need it on there. You see what I'm saying? So you got to put it on that switch of faith, right, for your marriage. Put it on for the healing. Put it on for the restoration. It's on, but guess what? You just got to flip it. You got to focus. So watch what happens. Your focus for the switch of faith is found in the Word of God. That switch is on and ready to go. So I'm like, okay, what's up? So you're like, this marriage stinks. Okay, what are you going to do? I don't know what to do. God said, what he put together, no man could put asunder. Now, all of a sudden, the word comes and hope arises. Hope arises, but it ain't done yet because that's all hope can do. Hope, goes, hope is this. Let me show you. Faith's like, give me something. 
Faith's like, give me something to hit. And hope goes, here it is. Yay. And then hope's like, can you get it? Can you get it? Whoa. And it goes down. Yay. And then it goes down. You see what I'm saying? Like faith's like, give me something to hit. It's like, it's like doing the wave. Remember you used to do the wave? Like everybody, like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. There it is. There's that word. He, what God put together. Yeah. And then watch this. Boom. Circumstance. This bonehead I married, he ain't going to listen to none. Oh, my God. This is, oh, we tried 72 marriage count. Now, right away, here comes reason, suggestion. It's always in the soul. It's in the arena of the soul where your intellect gets challenged the most, and that's where the problem is. The soul, you, got a soul, you ain't got no spirit problem. You don't have no God problem. You got a soul problem. Soul Train. Remember that? You don't even know that. I used to watch that. Remember Don Cornelius? Soul Train. Used to be on Saturday morning. Woo! Come on. We used to play a video of that. Come on, right? You got a soul problem. Everybody say, I got a soul problem. Type it in there. I got a soul problem. I got a soul problem. You're not making a negative confession. We got to fix your soul. Your soul's messed up. Your mind, your will, and your emotions need to be transformed. Because your mind, by the fall of man default, is always going to posture towards the negative until you train it how to see the supernatural. That's how it works. Remember? Now let me show you. Remember some of these? I know you guys get excited when I give you these. But you need to see this. Let's look at, let's look. Did you, did you, oh, yeah, you want to find my, you want to pull up that one I gave you? My God in heaven. You wait, wait till you see this one. Are you, are you pulling this? Look at this. Watch where you see this. I got I to gotta go. I flipped around because I want to go to this other place too. So you seeing what's happening right there? You pulling that in? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this word. Everybody say word hope. Hope of the word. You got it in there? Yep. This is why I wait upon you. Why is that? Expecting your breakthrough. For your word brings me hope. This is why I wait. You know what I'm saying that? Well, how long I got to wait? If your hope isn't clear, you got a problem with waiting. This is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. You see it? I don't, this, this marriage is dead. The doctor report stinks. I hear the word of God. Hope arises. Now, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes, it does. But I got news for you. I'm going to say something here. Hope comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Pastor Chris, you're making these almost one and the same. Well, I am because you got to realize that. Now, go back to Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. You're going to see some here. Everybody say, he's teaching now. He's kicking it in gear. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, I'm going to show you something. It's going it's to be, it's not, it's not, um, 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 it, it reads better. It reads better in the message. So, I'm going to show it to you in the King James, and then I want to read it in the message. I'm going to show you something here. Very similar in itself. Okay? Very similar. Okay? So, now, now faith is the substance now, now, right now, faith is the substance 
of hopes. It's the evidence of what's not seen. Now, he told you in 2 Corinthians, the things that you see are temporal and the things that you don't see are eternal. So he's talking about the word of God. Now, look what it says in the message Bible for Hebrews 11.1. Okay? Okay? Now, watch this because it reads easier. The fundamental fact of existence is, now pull this in. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation over everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see. Okay? I'm cool with that. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. Now, I want you to pull this in just for a minute. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen, okay? This fundamental fact of existence is this. This trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. That's the key right there. Life isn't worth living in seasons of life without faith and hope working together. Now, I want to show you something here. You're going to love this because I'm going to give you the definition of this thing, and this is going to help you, okay? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, I want you to get an understanding of this because this is, this is good, right? What does it mean to hope? It means to expect with confidence, to have confident expectation with joyful anticipation. Formal definition for hope. Confident expectation with joyful anticipation. What's that mean? That's similar to faith, guys. Come on. It's almost one and the same, but here's the thing. Faith's a great waiter. It's a poor receiver because it just says something can happen. Something can change. Life can be better. Health can, that ain't enough. You got to have faith activate hopes. The problem is this. We don't hold hope long enough for faith to materialize it because we start reasoning through subjection, through reason, through ideas, through all this stuff. And the next thing you know, faith's trying to materialize something that's constantly moving. You know what I'm saying? You can't hit a target if the thing starts moving all over the place. It's like you're trying to hit it and you can't get there. You got to understand something. Through faith, we understand that the world was framed with words. Where, where do you think these get these words? By the word of God, he tells you. Look at verse 3. Look what he says here. Okay, let me ask you a question. He's telling on himself. Watch this. Through faith, yes, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Isn't that what verse 1 said? Where's the, where do you find these not seen things that materialize the world I'm supposed to live in? The word of God. Words. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. He tells us. So what frame your world 
with the word of God. It's the material that creates the unseen stuff and makes it seen. But here's the problem. Hope, hope becomes a rejecter. Faith cannot materialize the things that are not hoped for. That's the problem. Hope gets in the way because it doesn't do its job. Here is why. Now, come with me. Come on over here to James chapter 1. You got to see this because this is important. James chapter 1. Now, this is how you do it. Everybody say, this is how you do it. Come on now. Come on. Put in the comment, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Put in the comment, say, I'm getting it. I'm understanding it. I'm understanding it. I'm pulling it in. Come on. Come on. I'm figuring it out. I'm getting this thing. Come on. You're pulling this thing in. Look what it says in the King James. Lay apart all this filthy, super naughtiness. Now pull this in slow. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. What word is he talking about? The word of God, which is able to save my soul. Now, why I got to save my soul? Because go to Romans 7.20 in the Amplified Classic. Because that's where the problem is. The problem is not in your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. The problem is in your soul. Your soul's messed up. Because you got to understand something. And this is how he said you fix your soul or you transform your soul. Because your soul, look what it says here. Now, if I do what I do, not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it. Now, we understand, oh, you say my soul sins. No, no, no. You and your soul are one, okay? It's not myself that acts, but the sin principle, my God in heaven, look at this, which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. So if we're going to say this, I'm going to say it, I don't really care. I can't. This is apostolic. You understand what that means? Like, I'm talking about stuff. I'm talking about stuff, man. I ain't never heard this stuff. And I ain't making it up neither. I'm getting this stuff from heaven. Because the Spirit of God has anointed me internally. I have an unction from the Holy One. And now it's come upon me. So I can break it down for you. Okay? You understand this? So you can say this. Well, then where's sin? Sin's in your soul. You understand that? That's where it is. That's where it gets its place. Now, you, I didn't say you have, listen to me, where do you sin as a believer? You sin in your soul. Your spirit's perfect. Your spirit ain't got nothing to do with no sin. You, I'm going to tell you right now, doubt is in your soul. Doubt is not in your spirit. You can't doubt in your spirit. Your spirit's connected to the Holy Spirit, and if you really reason it out, there ain't no way you can doubt. So it comes in the arena of the soul, and he said, you got to save your soul through the engrafted word of God. But look what he said here. He said, Fit, f- sin? Oh, it's fixed in your soul. It's stuck in there. Now, you want to see scripture? You want to see scripture? Because I had to go find this. Want to find one? Jesus was the master of this. Look what Jesus said, and you got to go here. Go to John. I'm jumping ahead, but who cares, right? Uh, go to John 14, amplified, verse 30. That's brand new right there. You ain't never heard this. Come on. This is good stuff, man. Now you're learning. 
So my soul's, yeah, because your mind, your will, your emotions reject, refuse arguments. What do you think 2 Corinthians 10 talking about? He said the flesh, Romans 7 is about the flesh. That's what he's saying. He said the battle, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Hello? That's what Romans 7 is all about, the carnal man. He's saying this is where the problem is. You're carnal in your head, you meathead. You got to lose that thing. You got to get here. Look what it says, my God in heaven. I, you see this here? This Jesus talking. He said, I'm not going to talk with you much more for the prince this evil genius ruler. The devil ain't that stupid. I, I, sometimes I call him stupid, but he's slick. The evil genius ruler of the world is coming, and he has no claim on me. Now, let me show you Jesus. Look at Jesus. This is why Jesus, this is Jesus clear. Jesus is so clear. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. That's what Jesus said. He said, ain't nothing in me that he belongs to. Yeah, you better, you better get that. He has nothing common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. Now watch this. How Jesus, he renewed. The devil don't get in your spirit. The devil cannot even get in your body. Unless you let the down, listen, I ain't talking about being demon-possessed. And, and if you're demon-possessed, let me tell you another thing. You ain't demon-possessed in your spirit. It just got in your soul. That's why when you cast devils out of people, they come clear. It's clouding their soul. That's what Jesus was saying. This devil ain't got nothing in me. But I'm going to tell you where the devil gets access in the life of the believer through the mind, through the will, through the emotions, because that's the channel he could come to, because that's still the fallen state of what you were. Your mind didn't get better when you got born again. You got to renew that joker. You know what I'm saying? You didn't get, come on, man, you didn't get smarter. You didn't get better looking. Your body didn't change. You got spiritually strong, but you got to do something with your soul. You pulling that in? Did you get that? Did everybody get that? So, man, I see it. Jesus said, there ain't nothing in me. See, he can get access now. You gotta, that's why you got to shut your mind. Look at me. You got to shut your mind off to the enemy's voice. You got to shut it down. Say, that's who, who that? Come on. Come on. You need to put that in the comments. Who that? Who that talking to me? Right? You know? Come on, man. Who that? Some of you are like, I always feel like. Somebody's watching me. Yeah, they're watching you. The enemy trying to get you emotional. Where, where, that, where that thinking, you don't believe it? Where'd that thinking come from? Oh, you got to go there. Second Corinthians 10. You got to go there. You got to go there. Then we'll come back to James. We'll come back to James 1. Then we're going to go to James 3. I'm telling you, man, this, stuff's gonna, this stuff is good. This is the best hope seminar you've ever been in your life. That's not me. That's me bragging on God. Because the more I talk about it, the more he gives me. Now, smart, I know how he works. See, if you ain't grateful for what God's given you, he'll shut it down. But the more I keep telling him, ooh, that's good, Lord. Thank you. I never said that before. He start flowing. I'm in the flow right now. I'm in a river. I got, it's like this. You want to know what I look like? I look like this. If I could do this, scripture is everywhere. 
I could just put, I see, I see James 3.1, I see James 1.21, I see Romans 7, I see over here, I start looking over there, I start getting all this download, and then your pull determines where I go. But you're seeing this now. Looking at that, you see that, you see that 2 Corinthians 10, and you know something now. Now I'm going to tell you something about this 2 Corinthians 10. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't pay attention to this, and you better pay attention to it because it's the truth. Because this is what doubt tries to get in. You know, doubt's the thief of God's greater blessing. Now, I talk to you about doubt because doubt isn't what everybody makes it out to be. And doubt doesn't work. Let me tell you something right now. Doubt ain't in your spirit. Your spirit can't doubt. Hey, can we bring Jesus and go, Jesus, do me a favor. Don't believe something. He can't do it. He don't know how. I'm going to show you this. We're going to look at this thing, 2 Corinthians 10. Okay, then we're going to find it in, I think I read it, I like it, I really like it in the Passion right after we read it in the King James. But you're going to, no, the Amplified's strong in this. The Amplified's even better. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 in the Amp, just let's go there because it's going to be easier. You guys all know that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds, y'all know this stuff. You need to, I need to catch you a little bit because some of you think you're too smart. Like, you know, I know that scripture. Now, you know what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you. For though we walk and live in the flesh, that's what he's talking about in Romans 7. He said, this flesh is a mess. We are not carrying on our warfare. Warfare is fighting according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Oh, yeah. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons. Weapons of flesh and weapons of blood, but they are mighty before God to the overthrowing and destruction of strongholds. In as much as we, now you better get this now. This is what's coming, everybody write this down. This is what's coming at your soul. This is what's coming at my soul. This ain't coming at your spirit. The devil's not stupid. He can't beat you spiritually. He knows that. He ain't coming at no Holy Spirit living. If I'm Holy Spirit living in me, you think he's going to try to come to the Holy Spirit? He tried it with Jesus. Jesus beat him. You want to know why? Let me show you something here now. You ain't never heard this a day in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He came to Jesus to try to get overcoming ability in your spirit life and couldn't do it. He came to Adam and defeated him. And because of Adam's mess up, he has access to the soulish side of man, not the spiritual side of man. When he attacked the spirit man, Jesus, he could not overcome him with his suggestion. Jesus took him to it is written and defeated him. Adam failed in his quest to overcome the enemy when he was attacked in the garden. And therefore, man now has been deprived in the soulish realm the ability to just refute automatically what the enemy says. That's why we have to renew our mind. Spiritually, you don't have to renew Jack. You've been made it, and all you have to do is resist it. You see it? It is written, take a hike. It is written, take a hike. It is written, take a hike. He would try to in that arena, but he has no place in that arena. That's why he tries to keep you in the arena of what? He don't want to bring you in the arena of faith. He brings you in the arena of soul because he knows he's got a better chance of getting you there because he understood how he defeated Adam. But he has no access to you spiritually, even though you will have to spiritually resist. And the reason why you and I spiritually have to resist at a greater level is because your soul has already been deceived. 
When your soul, not, not automatically, but after you do it, you're like, ooh, I'm going to take that idea. Now you got to battle because your spirit man's like, get rid of that idea. And you're messing up your peace. You're messing up your harmony. You're messing up your uh, uh, agreement. You're messing everything up because this joker is slipping things in and causing warfare within you because your soul took the bait. Offense is the bait. It's soulish bait. Come on, man. Look, just look at this. In as much as we refute argument. Where are arguments going? Your mind. Where's theories coming? Your mind. Where's reasonings coming? Your mind. Where's every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God? And lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. See it? He's saying, man, get these thoughts and purposes lined up with the word of God. If they don't line up with the word of God, get rid of them because here's what you and I got to know. Is this is so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's, the, it's, it's trying to come and hold that soul locked up, but that soul has to what? Be, what did he tell you to do? He said, find the word and get the hope, and now the hope will graft itself in the soul. We're going to go back there, okay? So get ready to go to James 121 right after this, right? He said, punish the acts of disobedience. Did you get that? Because you got to understand something. This is why you got to win the battle of thinking so you can win the battle of the soul, and the battle of the soul will line up to the, what, the flow of the spirit. This is where it is. Hope is the anchor of the soul. Remember James 6? Hope is the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Hope comes from the word. Reasonings, ideas, suggestions, temptations, tricks and traps of the enemy are coming to your soul. So what do I do? I got to hang on to my hope that's found in the word of God. How do I do that? Glad you asked. Look at James 1.21. What did we say James 1.21 said? Now you got to get this now. It's powerful. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. What do you mean the engrafted word? The word that is filled with the potential to transform your soul. Now I want you to see. Now you got to get some here. Now I say, oh, Pastor Chris. You know what the word save means in there? Okay, the engrafted word. Now, let me just give you a couple uh, vines, dictionary definitions, so you'll get this, okay? Engrafted means this. It means implanted. It there's inborn, implanted, and planted by instruction. Woo! One of the things says this, implanted by the instruction of others. So somebody could take a word and implant their instruction within you if you receive it. What do you think the Bible's about? 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. This is spirit stuff. And you ain't even got to know it. Just, let, just open up like a garden and let me plant some seeds coming out of my mouth in your garden. It's safe. Say, if, he's, if, that, jo- if that joker said it, I can become it, then I'm going to become it. If he said right now under the unction of the Holy Ghost, I can have it, I'm going to get it. If he said I can be it, then I can see it. If he said I can have it, I'm going to grab it. If he said I can do it, why? Because the Bible said, this, that's what Jesus did in Luke 4.18. He said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive. He shut the book, said it's finished. They looked at him like, you crazy. He said, I ain't crazy. You just don't understand. I come and brought a word that has not been resisted. If you accept what I'm saying, you could become it. That's the power of the gospel. Now, look at this. Inborn, implanted, By instruction. You see that right there? So that means what? It can be grafted in. Now watch this. Watch this. The word save. Save your soul. Man, we're going to get into this tomorrow. The word save means sozo. Sozo. You understand it? S-O-Z-O. You can look it up. Primary thing means save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve, save, do well, make whole. I'm going to say it again. What does it mean to sozo? What does it mean to save your soul? What he's going to do is this. Let's just say your mind, your will, and your emotions by the word of God are going to be this. You're going to be, you're, we're going to save your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to deliver your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to protect your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to heal your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to preserve your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to do well to your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we're going to make your mind whole, your will whole, and your emotions whole by the word of God. Their definition says this, to save, keep safe, keep sound. Doesn't that sound familiar? For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Rescue from danger and destruction. To save from suffering and perishing. To heal, restore, to help, to preserve from danger. Save, rescue, Doesn't that sound like the life you want to be living? It's the word of God. Now, here's where we're going. Grafted word, which is able to save your soul. Now, watch what he says. I love this part. You better get going. Receive with meekness. Means be humble. Humility means not to lift If you're going to be humble, this is what you're going to do. I'm not going to lift my opinion above what the Word of God says. I'm just going to take the Word of God and make it my opinion. That's humility. That's humility at its best. See, if I don't receive it with meekness and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, which is able to save your so what does it mean to be meek? Meek doesn't mean to be weak, but it means to be humble. The passion says this. 
Look at this right here. Look at James 1 and 20, 121 in Passion, and then we're going to go to James chapter 3 because I want to show you something here. Okay? James 1, you just good? It's a lot of word, man. But that's what I got. I'll do seminars like this all the time. But here's the thing. You better, you better stay online because it takes work to do all this stuff. Now, this is the, this is the commitment I want from you guys. This, all, this takes editing team. They got to come here during the week. They got to shoot the thing. They got to edit it. They got to be here. If you guys ain't going to watch it, I, I know this stuff. I'm ready to go. I'll stay in the office and study all day long and just come in here blown out. If you want this, you got you to gotta share it. You got to connect right now in the comments. Say, keep it coming. Come on. I'll do it for three people. You know me. But you got to get this stuff out. Share it every time we're on because we got to get people in the world hearing this. The church needs to hear this. I'm going to tell you right here now. I need to be given a door of utterance into the church because the church needs to hear this. I don't know what the church is listening to, but half the people I'm listening to, I don't know what these people are talking about. And I'm not being mean, but this is the stuff you got to learn. This is how, you know what? We make God easy for people. I, I think this is simple. There's nothing hard about what I told you. Now is are you going to do it? Okay? Now, just look. So this is why you got to stay on this thing. You got to stay with me. You got to be here tomorrow or watch it. Go back and watch it. This thing should get a million views. Oh, so you can feel good about it? No, that's all So you can get it. Once you get it, you got it. Once you got it, you do it. Once you do it, you'll see it. Once you see it, you'll say it. Once you say it, they'll get it. I'm telling you, it's how it works. The devil doesn't want you to know this stuff. No, he don't want you. He don't want you knowing this stuff. He don't want you knowing this stuff. He want you to be ignorant and, and just sit there and don't know nothing. Act like the goofy church. The goofy church. What you mean the goofy church? Well, you know, forget about all that. I ain't got no time for that. James 1.21. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. See that? That's why I get rid of all that. Robs my cod consciousness. I don't need that mess. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word. You see that? Meek means what? Humble or sensitive, right? What do you mean sensitive? Man, I, let's see what the word of God says. I ain't lifting my opinion above what the Bible says. Receive with meekness. Don't give me, what's it? The doctor said, I know what the doctor said. Chill out. Receive with meekness. The engrafted word. This marriage, I know what the marriage looks like. Receive with meekness. Well, that kid received with meekness. That situation received with meekness. You got to make sure. Why receive with meekness? Because the minute God resists the pride, once you get too filled up, God, what's God's word going to do? Hope's gone. Save your soul. What happens if you don't receive the meekness, the engrafted word? And I got news for you. The potential's in the word, and the faith is in the word to create what the word said. That means you don't have to do it. You just got to receive the potential to do it. It'll do it for itself. Woo! Look at this. Look at this. Look at James 3. I'm, I'm almost done because you've been here for a minute. I'm probably going on like a little bit. Mm. Now, I want you to see this now. Now, why did I, I throw this James 1, 3 in there? Because I want you to see this. My, now, look at this is a King James 3, 1. Come on, go there. Okay. I'm trying to get you to bridle your body, okay? Now, you've all been here with me before, but you got to see this. In verse 2, it says, hey, my brother, don't be, the people that teach get greater condemnation. For many things we offend all, and many things we offend, for if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man able to bridle his whole body. Now, stay right there. Stay right there. 
So now the soul, the soul needs to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now he said, if you get the right word, your body will follow. Just like that bit in that horse's mouth steers him and that rudder in that ship, your body's got to go or your mouth puts it. You telling me if my mouth receives with meekness the engrafted word for health, and it'll put you on Heald Street before you know it. You're telling me if I could receive with meekness the word of God about joy, and I speak it, that's how you release it, you'll be on, joy, you'll be on a joy journey. You preacher, you telling me that if I receive with meekness the peace of God, which passes all understanding, and grafted word and put it in my heart and get it out my mouth, you're going to be on peace street. You telling me, preacher, you telling me, are you telling me that if I go put by his stripes, I am healed, even though the doctor said and the situation said, if I receive with meekness that engrafted word, that potential in that word will produce the healed position you'll live in. And when you get it coming out your mouth, your body will go on healed street. Come on, somebody. Prospered street. Healed street. Joy street. Love street. Blessed street. Increase. Receive with meekness. He says what he's saying. He's saying, he said, what's your tongue connected to? Life. These scriptures make so much sense now. Come on. Life. And death is in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Now, here's the thing you got to realize. You are the only being that can tap into life and tap into death. And that place that death is in the soul. I promise you it is because that's where sin can get shot up if you ain't careful. That's why he told you in Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians 7.1. He said, be, don't, don't be messed up in that day. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness of spirit. Amen. And soul. you got to cleanse it there. You know what I'm saying? And we'll get there tomorrow because that's a lot. You know what I mean? But that's what he said. He said, be clean. Is that it right there? Yeah, 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 right? 2 Corinthians 7, 1. My God in heaven, I got word. I got, the, I got so much word popping out of me, I just got it coming out of me. You know what I'm saying? You ever see that? It's just coming out of you. Oh, thank God that's coming out of me. Right? Receive us. We are wrong, no man, corrupted, no man. That one right there. Look at this, right? Having therefore these promises. Look at verse seven one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. What promises? That promise, man. What did he tell you about hope in six, Hebrews six? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast promises. Promises. Remember, remember yesterday, Hebrews six. We enter within the veil for the promises of God. Have, no, he says, having these promises, cleanse yourself from filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and fear of God. What's that mean, flesh and spirit? He's saying, look, man, don't let your flesh keep. Now, that spirit side of that's you connected with the spirit. Don't let your flesh corrupt because your spirit went, man, let me tell you what you're doing. The soul gets so jacked up, it takes your human spirit with it, and the Holy Spirit got to go around for the ride, and you got all this unbelief spitting out your mouth and all this nonsense. He said, no, cleanse yourself by these promises. Let these promises carry. See, the promises will connect you 
And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to give you a bonus nugget for saying in this, okay? The promises find them. Look at Hebrews 6. Let's just go there real quick, okay? Hebrews 6. Y'all know this one. King James. Uh, you can start with verse 13. Hebrews 6, 13, and I'm done. Because that's like, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? And then we come back, we'll come back tomorrow and get the rest of it. Is that okay? Get it all tomorrow. Hebrews 6. See it? Look at this right here, right here, right here. See this 13? For when God made promise to Abraham because he, he made what? Promise. He could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So now he's talking about these promises, these oaths, vows, and promises. Right? You understand that? Saying, surely I will bless thee, multiply thee, and after so he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Obtained the what? The promise. We got promises from the Bible. That's what he said. Having therefore these promises, cleanse yourself. That's how you spiritually grow. Carnal Christians that don't have no promises. They ain't expecting God to do nothing. That's why their life and situation never changes, and that's why their carnal is the day is long. Because you want to know what made me grow out of carnality? Promises. I want that more than I, I want to be healed more than I want to have an opinion, so I'm just going to say healed. I want blessed more than I want broke, so I'm just going to talk blessed. I want a sane mind, so I'm going to speak sane mind thoughts out of that promises because I don't want to go wacko. You understand what I'm saying? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Those promises keep you connected in the glory. So when you keep that promise that come from that hope in front of you, faith just looks at that. Come on, man. Jesus told you this. He said, not despising the shame of the cross, but he held on to that image of that promise and what? Pushed through death to get there. This is how you do it. Now, people are going to say, well, Pastor Chris, you know, I know God loves me. He loves me so much. He just don't want me going through all that. Isn't there an easier way? No! There ain't no easier way. You got to hang on to that promise just like Abraham did with faith and patience. You got the grace for it, though. This is why you can't be, you guys can't be like, well, this is hard. It ain't hard. You got grace for it. Abraham gave you the grace. You know how he gave you grace? Through righteousness. Righteousness gives you grace for the time thing. Because once you know your righteous position, grace kicks in, and then grace gives you access to everything that God has given you, and time means nothing to you because righteousness is given to you all. That's why Abraham is over here. He believes God gets accredited righteousness, so he speeds up time. Time's got nothing to do with the whole deal. He's just like, I got it because faith got me this access to righteousness. Righteousness got me tapped into grace. Grace has got me in the place, and I'm okay. And then he told you, come run to the throne of grace. Remember that in Hebrews 4? Come to the throne of grace in your time of need. Ask for help, and I'll be there to help you. That's all connected to promises. But I got news for you. You don't work on that soul? That joker is going to shut. I'm done. Your soul, I'm going to tell you something. Your soul is the most dangerous thing in the face of the earth. It is. Because if you feed that thing the wrong stuff, your mind, your will, and your emotions will attack your spiritual condition for the rest of your life. And he said it plain. If you really, really want to study it out, you go look at Romans 7. He said, this man is dreadful. The things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I can't. And he's talking about unregenerated man. But most Christians live like unregenerated man, even though God is living in them, because they don't 
take the time to start the process of transformation through the word of God. That is why you and I must, must take these powerful truths and change our life forever. Amen? Let me pray for you. And now you need to put tonight, now listen to what we're going to do. We might do it digitally. I don't know yet. I've been shooting this and I'm feeling really stirred about it. Number one, I want you to share it. Okay? It'll stay up forever. But I want to put it together as a package to get it in your hand. Now, it might be on a download. Maybe we'll put a hope package together. We'll call it Hope 2020, and they'll put it together, and you will start applying these powerful truths of hope to your life. Now, here's what I want you to do, and I don't want you to forget that. I want you to listen to this a couple of times, not just once. There's no way you're going to squeeze this thing once and get everything out of it. I want you to share it, and I want you to get ready for tomorrow. I even want you tomorrow to be really sensitive to God. I wouldn't even care if you fasted a little bit. Maybe you prayed a little bit. Maybe you sought God a little bit in the afternoon before tomorrow night. I want to bring it all together, and I want you to use the force of hope, with the, uh, the force of hope and the force of faith, and get them together. They're not the same, but they're similar. They're similar because they hold a confident expectation. You know, um, our firm, we know that faith is a belief, but one of the, one of the Greek words right, is, is, is it's, it's a firm persuasion. It's a conviction or an understanding based upon hearing. Firmly persuaded and confident expectation colliding together, faith and hope, force. Not one greater than the other. Now, we know faith is the greater because without faith, you're not going to make it but one not being greater than the other in the equation. Faith and hope go together. They create the things of the unseen realm. The things of the unseen realm must materialize into your realm. That's where, that's where, that's where faith and hope work together. As they come together, they materialize the new world you're going to see. I promise you, if you take these powerful truths and start applying them in your life today, your future is going to take on a whole new meaning. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening right now at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that they've been so faithful. They've been so true to, 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 to press in and move forward in the things of God to transform their life. I thank you, Lord, you're going you're gonna to connect the dots. You're going to bring the pieces together, and you're going to allow them to have greater access than ever before. I thank you, Father, for blessing them, watching over them, keeping them, and being there for them. Thank you, Lord. You're going to move supernaturally in the arena of faith and hope, and you're going to give them hope for a future based upon the promises of God. They're going to take their soul, and they're going to graft it to your word, and you're going to complete the metamorphosis process within the internal being. So the glory of God will shine through them greater than ever before. Father, I pray that this message has made faith and hope a little clearer to them and they're understanding how the promises of God can be easily accessed because of what you provided through your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I bless them now. Keep them until we meet again and let them hear what they've never heard before from your voice. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, guys. I love you. I thank you. Thanks for joining the, the Hope Summit. Don't forget, share it. It's still not too late. Share it right now on your feed. 
be ready for tomorrow. We're going to connect and we're going to have the last day of the seminar tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Friday night. It's going to be life changing. Go back and listen to Wednesday, Thursday, and we're going to get ready for Friday. It's going to be an awesome opportunity for us to take hope into a whole new place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.